What's up, everybody? My name is Joe Sebastian, and welcome to the Donut Box, where we unbox stories and talk about things we usually don't talk about, from body image, diet culture, and everything in between. This is the fourth episode of the podcast. We have done a lot of work. We've unboxed a lot of stories, and I have still been struggling a little bit with like making conversation and talking. But you know what? We created this podcast so we can step out of our comfort box and step in to our power. Oh, you'll get what I mean in a bit, because today we are going to be joined by a guest who's going to tell us all about stepping into your power, finding your confidence, your growth, and making commitments to yourself to own your story. Okay, let's get into this episode. Let's unbox this story. Today we are joined by someone who I have been following for a bit. She also guested on Donut Talks, which was the origins of this podcast in video format, and it was live. And I started following her from my sister's recommendations. And now, because I love her content on healing and owning your power. She's a makeup artist, content creator, and the founder of Pretty Positive for self-care for the body and spirit. Let's give a glazed welcome to Air Salazar. Hi, Air. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me on yes, here again. Yes, thank you so much. I loved our discussion last time, and I just wanted to dive in a little bit deeper to the topics that we had. But before that, you're a makeup artist, a model, tarot reader, content creator. You know, there's so many things happening, going on. How did you get into all of these things? It all just happened organically. You know, when we grow up and we dream, right? We have an idea of what we want to become when we grow up. So for me, it was different at different ages, but I wanted to be in the media somehow since I was little. So I had different dreams. Like I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be a broadcaster. That's why I took that in school. I wanted to be an artist also in some way, shape, or form. So, you know, how life happens and things kind of just come together. I found myself offered opportunities that led me where I am. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good that you mentioned that you're very dreaming because I think that's something we tend to do is give up on our dreams a little bit from when we're younger or just like, ah, that was when I was younger. That's what I wanted to be. And it doesn't fully pan out. Or we have a lot of dreams and then not all of them come to fruition. So I love that you wanted to be all of these things and you were able to really manifest that. How about for tarot reading? Like, how did you get into that? It was sort of like that too. I always had an interest in the esoteric and the occult and stuff like that. But of course, you know, I understand like my, my parents, they they were kind of like weird when I was um, growing up. So then... Even playing cards were not allowed in our house. But when I started to, you know, live alone and I was able to, you know, get by my own stuff and things like that, right? My brother brought up a friend who uh, did tire reading. And I remembered that that was something that I wanted to do. So I got myself my own deck. I started to learn to read it casually at first, and then I got into parang doing it more often for myself and then eventually to other people, I think in 2019, and then more into it during the pandemic. Oh, okay. 
how does it work? Like, can you can you run me through the experience of a reading? Like, how does it work for on your side? So, for you know, um, the tarot cards are tools, and the different readers have different styles of of doing it. And for me, sort of my my method when I do it, or my intention when I do it, is for the readings to be empowering, because tarot cards have a sort of an underlying notion that they're supposed to tell you what's going to happen next, like fortune telling, right? But for me, I don't use it that way. It's more of like reading the energy of what's around you and also reflecting back to you what your higher self already knows so that you can make the most empowered decisions that you can at this moment. So it's not about telling you that this thing is going to happen or this thing isn't going to happen. It's about this is what we have right now. This is likely how you're feeling. And this could be the options or the steps that you could take to get to where you want to be. I like giving my clients that kind of agency to decide still what they want to do because it's very take it Mm -hmm. or leave it, you know. I tell them that at the end of the day, you are a person with free will. So you can choose to do with this information whatever you want. You can choose to apply it. You can choose to not. So it's all in your hands still. So it's kind of like energy, um, a little bit of what's happening in the energy and how you can manifest that into like what the person's feeling, something like that. Yeah. So um, the way it is, is like, I'm an intuitive reader, so the tarot cards have their technical meanings, but they also have interpretation. Uh, I, mean, I also receive intuitively, so I get like words or messages or songs or pictures in my head, and I try to translate that into a comprehensive message for my parents. You said you started reading for other people in 2019. And then more in the pandemic, did you notice a difference of reading in person versus online? Like, is it harder when you read it online versus in person? I don't think so. I think it's it's the same. It doesn't matter whether the person is sitting right across from me. I even do like, mm. recorded readings. I read without them around, but I read with their uh, with the intention of connecting to their energy, so they oh to watch it at a later time. My belief is that whatever needs to come out will come out anyway, regardless of whether the person is in front of me, on a video call with me, or somewhere out there doing something else at this moment in time. <laughs> what uh, oh. will will come out anyway. And so far, uh, that has been the case. So I keep trusting that. We're reading energy. We're we're looking into the future a little bit of like, what's my best decisions or what's the path for me? How have you used that for you in choosing opportunities or choosing things that you're going to go into? How have you used that skill or that energy for yourself? So for me, I mean, tarot readers will say this, that it's usually harder to read for yourself because you're biased. You want a particular outcome to... You know. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're going to be great. You know? <laughs> yeah. all have that, that, that bias. Right? And it comes out there, you know, it shows me the ways that I'm probably not seeing something. And that just puts my head in a clearer space. The tarot cards are objective. So they will tell me what I need to hear, even if it's not what I want to hear. And that usually helps me make more clear-headed and more aligned decisions. 
for myself. So it's really been helpful in that way. That's so hard not to, to see yourself objectively or to think of it objectively. Just me thinking of like something that I want, I'm, I'm already like very biased <laughs> to myself. So I think that's a real skill to see your life objectively overall and seeing these different paths that you could take because I think for a lot of us it's very much like we're in our feelings a lot and then it's so hard to look at the bigger picture of it a little bit how do you do that for yourself like how do you separate your wants and needs versus what you see objectively it's sort of like the push and pull between your heart and your ego Right, that's the way that I see it. Because your ego is the one that's attached to the outcome. It's attached to the hows and whens of things, you know, like how is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? Why is it taking so long? You know, those things are questions and attachments of the ego. Meanwhile, you know, when you're led by your heart and you're led by your intuition, it um, speaks more of like what's going to make you happy, what feels right to you. Which path brings you most joy? Those are the questions of the heart. And when we really step back and listen to ourselves, you know, when we um, tap into anxiety and stuff like that, that's usually the mind talking to us. And that's not wrong, right? It's there for a reason. But at the same time, we get into this trap of like overthinking a lot of things, even if our heart already knows what to do. Our heart already knows when to make it happy, right? So it's all about sort of differentiating these different modes of guidance from our inner self to align with our best path. Oh, okay. So kind of what you said, from my understanding, is like your ego is the one that makes you overthink a lot, right? A little bit. Well, the ego there to protect us so it that's good but we don't want to walk into stuff that without thinking about it <laughs> yeah. without thinking about it or without you know really considering what could happen so that's good too so it's about that balance the balance of them mm, okay i actually saw this tiktok i think this girl does this type of content where she's like what would it be like without anxiety and then she was like oh i don't think this food is poisoned like i don't think it's gonna kill me or like it smells bad but i think it's fine so she just eats it and then a lot of the comments were like oh so our anxiety is actually something that or at least the overthinker part does have some benefits to it which protects us in those aspects of danger where if we didn't think about it we just go oh I'll just cross the street but it's like about finding that balance overall and knowing your ear is keeping you from something important and knowing when your fear is protecting you. How do you ground yourself with that? Like, do you have any techniques or any, any things that you do to be like, wait, okay, this is my fear that's taking over. Let's go back to our, our intuition. Let's balance it out. How do you do that for yourself? When you're in a spiral of overthinking, I don't think it's that easy to come down from it. So <laughs> it's unrealistic to expect ourselves to like snap out of it just like that. The best way for me is to accept that I'm feeling this way, but it's not a definition of who I am or that my my worth is not attached to my anxieties or my fear. So I just remind myself now, wait long. These are my thoughts. They are not me. Right? That separation of 
what you're thinking and who you are, ganyan. And then, I just come down from that doing something fun, like, I don't know, taking a walk outside or just breathing or just watching a silly show or whatever, take my mind off of whatever I was thinking about and then, you know, come back to it when my mind is clearer, when my nervous system is feeling better and more balanced, right? That's when I make decisions or do something. Mm, yeah, so grounding muna, no? Like, this is very important. I think that's one of the things that I really also need to work on for myself because I have a tendency to overthink. And then when you overthink, you just want your solutions right away. You're just like, okay, I want to fix it right now. And then it just gets worse and worse because everything is piling on. So like I like what you mentioned of grounding yourself with your coping mechanisms or distraction tools to to help you have a clearer head overall. I like that, that you're, you know, aware of that and you're you're working towards that. And, you know, I want you and anyone who's listening to know that it's a continuous journey. You, you don't always need to or you don't always default to grounding right away, even if you know that you have to. So you can be easy on yourself with that. Uh, sometimes it's hard, you know, you don't get to grounding yourself or remember to do that all the time. And also like a reminder when when it comes to like grounding yourself, it's not instantly like, okay, boom, <laughs> like, I'm good. <laughs> Parang yung levels to it, no? it, it takes that time to get there. So, wow, okay, I'm like really interested in, in like tarot reading now, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> Something we talked about in Donut Talks, so when we did the episode was your time modeling and being in the industry. And I wanted to dive into that more because I feel like that conversation had a lot of things that we usually do not talk about, like in the modeling industry. So you mentioned that you've always wanted to be in the media. That was like something you you knew was going to happen. So how did you get into modeling? The opportunity just kind of opened up for me. Like, you know, when someone just messaged me on Instagram for my first gig, and they want to model for a swimsuit brand. And I'm like, okay, cool. I've never done this before. Let's try. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I went for that. And then after that, I encountered more opportunities to be able to do that. And I'm really appreciative because some of these um, opportunities I didn't even actively look for, you know. So I sort of just um, showed up on social media as myself so before this I had my insecurities about my body and the way that I I looked and stuff like that and then when I embraced all of these things and I became vocal about advocating for girls who look like me and advocate for myself of course also in the process the opportunities landed in my inbox so I feel like (laughs) <laughs> for that is you know you show up authentically as yourself the right opportunities will find i love that that's so powerful because i also noticed that for myself for example you mentioned that you showed authentically as yourself and that took me a while on instagram to or in social media in general to be comfortable with who i was like we always want to be someone else online we copy poses, we copy content. Okay, we'll put the coffee in the, the book here. We we stage ourselves very much so online. And 
And like you mentioned, when you started showing up as yourself, that's when the things that were supposed to come to you or meant to be for you started coming. And I think the same happened to me as where I was like, you know what, fine, whatever. Let's just let's just post this. <laughs> and that's also when all of that came in. So I, I just love how you mentioned that because that's so true given our structure in social media. Let's dive into what you mentioned. You're representing, you know, people of your body shape, your skin color, all of these things. Do you feel any pressure in that aspect that you're online and you do have this message? What kind of pressures is that? put on you how do you feel about that you know how on social media no matter how much you love your body and no matter how much you love yourself right you can't keep yourself from you know comparing to other people that you follow or other people that you see and well it is still a challenge for me to keep up with you know, the demands of, for example, the algorithm and how often you should... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, what what kind of content the audience will want to consume and stuff like that. And that keeps me from making what I want to make sometimes because, you know, I think about how it will perform and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you know, what I'm trying to do is make stuff that that makes me happy and makes me feel like I am putting out a value for other people while doing what I love. So that's one thing. The other is that, you know, with the comparison with other people, even if, you know, I love myself and I love my, my body and stuff like that, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm not immune to looking at other girls and feeling envy or whatever like for example what my insecurities is my my skin texture with my acne and stuff like that or my uneven skin tone some parts of my my body are 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 darker some are more pale stuff so then when I see girls with even clear skin I'm like oh I wish I had that too you know like I have um a belly and then my ass is like flat so like that's not that is it in the angles though <laughs> yeah so i want staging parts like yeah. we do what we can that's <laughs> true yeah so then you know i i have insecurities with showing my body in a way that's not flattering or whatever because there's a certain expectation for curvy women to be diba? parang i have a belly i have rolls ganyan but it's not the kind of curvy that people want to see for example like i said the definition of a curvy girl uh in you know in the media or in casting calls and stuff like that is to have an hourglass figure a flat belly and a full butt and well, breasts, by ganyan. So, parang even with the body positivity or inclusion in campaigns and stuff like that, there's still an ideal, right? Even if a move toward inclusivity and diversity and stuff like that, there's still a look that people are looking for. And, you know, it's frustrating because that look changes, like, Every time, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the new trend, <laughs> yeah. Diba? Parang, 
if you really want to keep up with it, you're gonna ano, get I'm gonna go crazy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. That's so true what you mentioned, where it's like, yes, we're being a little bit more inclusive, but we're also being very selective as well with the with what we want to include, right? So we're like, yes, go, um, there's many different sizes, many different body shapes, but then there's only a specific body shape that they added. Like it's still a move forward, but there's still so many people who are not feeling comfortable in their own skin yet, who are feeling accepted and all of these other aspects. How do you see that when you go into a casting call, when you go into like modeling, all of these things? How do you experience that type of like casting or stereotyping with body shapes and sizes and all of those other aspects? Yeah. So the norm in in the media about the stereotypical beautiful girl is usually pale clear skin tall thin straight haired you know the features are european with the pointy nose mm-hmm. <laughs> so there are all these standards and in casting calls or in the modeling industry in general there are parang classes that they separate people into. So that type that I just described is the type, the class A model. So when they say we need class A models, we're looking for um, girls who look like this, the your stereotypical supermodel or beauty queen type beauty. And then there's the class B model, which they call aspirational, na parang somebody that looks relatable but somebody who also you aspire to become like so actually din po pasok yung mga mixed girls like different features parang relatable medyo filipina but also ethnically ambiguous or something like that um and then that's where yung mga different body types also come in which they specify depending on the needs of the role ganyan and then the class C models are the ones na parang yun yung sabi lang na real people quote unquote na parang we need real people ganyan, as if everyone else isn't <laughs> yeah but that's so interesting too that they label that as real people because that's also showing you know, that you know when people see things on magazines when people are casted they know that that's a little bit of a minority body shape size and look they know that but they still do it they still make that the forefront knowing that the real people are in the background or in the extras that's so i don't know parang it just messes with you talaga because you're like where am i how am i represented but how is the real people described people are described as like real people meron pa ako natanggap na casting call na parang real people looking but not chaka may may ganun pa may you're like straight up meron yung parang whether dark skin but with the undertone na if you look like you've been tanned out in the sun not on a vacation but by the nature of for example mm-hmm. diba? that puts you in a lower class somehow which is uh, it, it opens up another conversation about classism and stuff like that yeah that that actually reminds me of like I'll connect it again to now the TikTok trend where there's like name something that is classy when somebody rich does it and then which is tacky if somebody 
poor does it no so there's so many like those yung parang knowing different languages and then yung mga minimalism and then this is another one where it's like having dark skin like it's classy if you tanned but it's tacky if you were born like that or you were naarawan ka diba? Donut break at the glazing, at the filling. Let's go. So we are going to do some quick glaze questions to get to know our guests a little better. Air, are you ready? <laughs> What's your favorite thing about yourself and why? My voice. What's your comfort food? My comfort food, actually donuts, I think. Or cookies. I'm a sweet tooth, so either. Yes, we love that. We accept that here. <laughs> okay, how would you describe your energy in three words? My energy, I would say open radiant oh. three words talaga wait lang kahit two okay, okay lang naman tayo sa two <laughs> gusto ko yung radiant that's a really nice one okay second to the last question is what is your favorite book oh my favorite book right now would be Daring Greatly by Brene Brown so it talks mm-hmm. about courage ganyan, and stepping into the stuff that scare you and expanding your possibilities by doing stuff courage okay must read okay our last question the most important question what's your favorite donut flavor controversial but Ay. custard filled mga bavarian mga ganyan oh gusto ko yung custard filled mga yung mga bavarian oh. that's my favorite <laughs> you still see that now still with casting because i mean like we're kind of progressed in some aspects but I don't think we've progressed completely. So is that still something very much prominent in today's media? It is. And I've talked to some, you know, mixed Filipinas who also model and do stuff like that. And um, they still feel like, uh, and I share the same sentiment, that the diversity or inclusion part of it is very tokenistic. Parang just because it's trendy, we better put somebody who has different features in this campaign because if mm. gonna look like exclusive or unrelatable, ganyan. So just let's just put one girl there who has brown skin and curly hair or plus size, whatever. Ganon. But still the it's not authentic. Is, ano, is still, you know, the, that... Yeah, the, the quote-unquote ideal. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, it's still very much like, well, it's it's kind of rare. It's getting there, but then you know that when you see somebody there, sometimes it feels like it's it's off, or they just wanted to put that person there. Or something that have you felt that in any of the projects that you've done, where you're like, oh, I'm just here because of how I look. <laughs> like, uh, I, I'm just here to be parang oh, contrast ganyan. Mm-hmm. A commercial that I did, I felt like that. Because usually the girls who look like me are casted as parang character characters, you know, parang ikaw yung magkada, or ikaw yung basaganan yung friend, ganon. Pero hindi ikaw yung bida, because the bida is yun, the ideal quote unquote beauty with the you know all of these mm-hmm. features that are stereotypically beautiful. Ikaw yung friend na funny, ikaw yung magulo, you know, yung ganun mo kind of portrayal or characters usually ganun. Pati sa boys. Oh, sa boys then. O, pati sa boys, napapansin ko yun sa mga casting call na kapag uh, character or barkada is the one with the 
curly hair or the one with tattoos or the one who's darker skinned and then the bida is mestizo or chinito ganyan basta maputi yung sila bida and then there was one shoot I was part of before that they cast the different kinds of girls also and then they casted me as the parang morena with the curly hair ganyan na type pero when the photos came out my skin was edited to be lighter then. And then oh my God. I had on contacts and the fake freckles. Oh my gosh. Oh, and you didn't know this before it came out? Like you didn't know they were going to edit you that way? Oh, and it was among my first jobs also. So I didn't know mm-hmm. what it was really like or to compare it to other things because it was among my first. So I just, you know, sat on the chair and just took it. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, yeah. Um, After that, did you still experience those things? There's several that come to mind. There was one where my body was elongated so much to look like I was taller and skinnier than I am. And my arms were like pushed in because I have like thick arms. So it was pushed in to look more toned and more, well, thin. And then there was one where I was the the plus size among the models, but you know I have a belly and I don't have an ass so much, right? So what they did was they pushed my belly in and they lifted my butt, so Your butt, it looked oh. ideal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I go to shoots, I take parang BTS photos on the the monitor. Uh, so I get like the proof. photos. Like, <laughs> yeah. This looks different. Let me go back to the ones that I took. And I really see that there's a difference. That some parts of me were tucked in and pushed out and mm-hmm. lifted and all of these things. And I'm like, akala ko ba... <laughs> you want <it>. real body <laughs> yeah <laughs> real person because <laughs> you go ahead and push me in all these places mm-hmm. so yeah it happens how did that affect you like i mean me sometimes i edit my photos just to show the difference and also before to be honest like in instagram i used to edit my my body because i was like it's not enough it's not enough and and that really affected me negatively because when i look at my unedited stuff i'm like what? Why does it look like that? Because I had the image of what was nice. Anna, how did that affect your relationship with yourself and your body when you saw those? Ako, for me, I made a commitment to myself a few years ago that I wouldn't edit my body, no matter how easy it is. So easy. Yeah. Crazy how you can like record a, a video live and look completely different on your phone from in real life. That's... It looks like real but and you're just like what technology how can i trust anything ever again <laughs> yeah right? which is also why you couldn't compare yourself with what you see online because you online. don't know if it's real or edited or anything in it yeah i made a commitment to myself back then to not edit my my body in pictures because it made me feel bad like parang in one of those sessions of editing my body i'm like why am i even doing this Parang, does this help anyone? Who am I doing this for? Because I'm not doing it for me. This is not, you know, this is not good for me. Diba? So why am I doing this? Why do I care about what other people will think when they see belly roll here and there? Diba? Parang, 
parang I, I, I just snap out of it, I guess, at some point na this is not good for my mental health. It's not for my relationship with my body or my body image, diba? So I'm like, I'm gonna quit that. It's hard because you're so tempted, especially when you see other people's photos and you're like, oh, okay, wait lang, kaya, I can do that in my, in my photo. But I love how you mentioned that like, you really just made that commitment to yourself. Like, no, we're gonna protect ourselves. We're gonna do this for ourselves because that's the only person you should be doing these things for. Which actually leads me into your content because a lot of the things you post about is stepping into your power. Like, I love your posts of like, this is how it is when you don't know, when you haven't stepped into your power and then this is what it's like and then it's like, boom, bonga. (laughs) What does that mean for you to step into your power? The verb, step into it. There's an implication that it already exists, which is what I love about it. Because you don't need to like, acquire your power. You don't have to look for it in external places or you don't have to earn it. What you need to do is to step into it because it's already there. It's, oh. it's an act remembering who you are. You know, that you are this beautiful human being. You are powerful as you are where you are. You don't need anything else. And you just need to step into it because it's there. That's why, you know, I, I say it like that and other people say it like that also. Because most people think that, you know, power is external, that somebody has to give it to you or you have to get it somewhere. Right? Like a superhero. <laughs> yeah. Actually, just, just there. It's, it's waiting for you to, to use it. And that's what I remind people about. Oh my gosh, now that you say that, I am amazed at that, how you explain that, because that's so true, where a lot of the things that we think we don't have the courage for, or the confidence and all of those things, we second-guess ourselves because we're waiting for someone to give it to us. And then we realize, no, we can just step into that. I mean, it will take time, it will it will definitely take like some manifesting and all of those aspects, but you can do that. Let's say, what are your tips to help other people step into their power? <laughs> I only have my own experience to go on, right? All of us can only sort of teach from a place that we've been. So for me, it, it started sort of like I was tired. I was exhausted from having um, no power or from giving my power away, as you know, waiting for permission to be who I am, waiting for like a validation that what I'm doing is correct or how I look like is is beautiful. Kanya na parang bago ka kumilos eh, ang dami mo nang inisip, you know, what how it would be received or what people are going to think about it or mga ganyan. So for me, I was just exhausted like mentally and emotionally kasi um that's the way I've been for most of my younger years. I was very self-conscious. I let other people's words get to me because I was bullied and I know a lot of other people have been bullied too about you know petty things like 
sometimes people don't even realize that they're doing that to you, but it affects you so much, diba? That was the experience for me. Uh, there were so many external sort of voices telling me who I am, what I look like, who I'm supposed to become, and stuff like that. And it just got exhausting to me because you can make everybody happy. So parang bakit? I chase all of these things, diba? So I was just like, you know, I'm so tired of trying to comply with everyone. I forget about myself, about what's going to make me happy or what I think or how I feel. So why don't I try doing that for a little bit and see what happens? So that's, that's sort of uh, what happened. So it, it wasn't all at once then, you know, it's kind of stepping because yeah. you kind of... Stepping, uh, yeah. One step at a time, yeah. Mm-hmm. One step at a time, sure. And you know, again, it's unrealistic to expect it um, of ourselves to get there all at once because it's not going to happen that way. Any point of your journey, as long as you're doing those steps, you know, taking those steps to get there, you're already doing better than you have before. And, you know, besides, you're never completely done. I don't know anybody who's 100% comfortable or 100% in love with themselves 100% of the time. But so it's fine. I love what you said uh, it's never really going to end like yung stepping to your power because I think that's also something we we tend to forget that there's never really this moment of like boom I'm so powerful this is it this is my full form right like if you're already in your full form where can you go from there in finding your confidence and all of those things it, there's always growth there's always something to to move forward from and i think one other thing that's important to remember is that even if the journey is never done but we always keep stepping forward it's also important to um recognize our our milestones parang even if mm-hmm. there's an awareness that we will never get done you know where i am now is so much farther than where i've been before mm-hmm. it's i think it's really important to recognize that and to pat ourselves also for that because you know life is not about healing or like healing is not our purpose oh i think a lot of the conversations now about ganyan empowerment is about healing mm-hmm. well that's important but that's not that's not your purpose na parang you just look at the things you look at all your sugat and you're like where else haven't i healed and just enjoy it, the right? Just follow, you know, follow your joy, follow what makes you feel good, and then the healing will be almost a byproduct of choosing to become happy or choosing the things that you love, ganyan. Parang purpose mo is to find joy and the healing will follow, parang ganyan. That's interesting because like, I think that's also something that we, I mean, I can relate to that aspect of like, I've made my whole personality for a while, not just like about healing and all those things, which, which was great because at that time of my life, that was what I needed, right? Yeah, but then now I'm at this point where I'm like, okay, I feel, I feel good. I feel better than before, but then like, what do I do now? And then, so that, that really hit me where you said, you don't make your whole life around healing it's it's a part of it but it's just supposed to help you enjoy your life and sometimes you have to 
let yourself enjoy life as well, right? Yeah, like wow. I was like that also. For parang a lot of my my posts were parang mga mental health awareness stuff and talking about my, my anxiety and my depression and stuff like that. Especially before na hindi pa siya super pinag-uusapan. Parang that was therapeutic for me to talk about my healing process in that way. So most of the time or mostly it was it was for me it was an outlet for me to talk about what i was going through and and if it helps other people that's well and good diba but yeah and at that time you know i was so angry and i was parang it was an outlet that's what it was kaya parang that's the energy behind it na parang ah uh, that i feel this way or that don't uh, other people don't understand ganyan, ganyan. but um while that was ano part of my journey and it is still part of my journey i feel like my message now has shifted a little bit into what to do after coming to terms with kind of thing diba so ano i love that you acknowledge na ganyan siya for you also kasi i think it's very important na for content creators like us who aspire nga to be authentic and to be open and to show up as is diba it's important to talk about these things but also to be true to who we are now parang not just because yeah talked about these things in the past that becomes who we are forever. Parang ganun. It evolves with us. Ooh. <laughs> that's very true. And, and I love that. And I think that's a great way to like push forward or like to close our topic of today. Like you said, right? What you were in the past doesn't have to be your whole identity or all of these things doesn't have to be your whole identity. You still have to keep growing and figuring out other things. For yourself so thank you so much for talking with me and sharing all of those things i definitely learned a lot and i'm really excited to step into my power now <laughs> for everybody listening where can they find you so um i'm on instagram at arian salazar if you're interested in tarot readings i have a separate um, instagram page for that which is at letter i letter m <laughs> pretty positive and my website with the same name letter i letter m prettypositive.com where you can book your tarot readings with me and view my makeup and modeling portfolio in case you want to work with me as well yay thank you so much air and thank you so much for your lessons and that was the fourth donut I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did because I just loved how we dipped into stereotypes, casting, stigmas, and you can really see how we've constantly been taught that we are not enough or that there are specific bodies that look better because that's how it was in the media and you heard that firsthand from somebody in the industry herself. So I hope that this episode was giving you the power to recognize that your body is okay it is real it is great you are human and that is what matters and it's time to step into your power and own it don't be waiting for other people to give it to you because it's already there Ooh, so strong 
we unboxed a lot of things so that is the end of this episode but more episodes to come so please don't forget to follow the podcast on your preferred platform you can also follow me on instagram and tiktok that is at it's joe sebastian and subscribe to my youtube channel joe sebastian the donut box is an animal podcast podcast and again i'm so grateful for them for making this pod a true story (laughs) true story so please follow them on their social media so you can get more content just like this Till the next episode and the next unboxing, don't forget, you always deserve to eat. Bye!